Welcome to Cincinnati Foodies, a new community podcast talking all things food in the greater Cincinnati area. Subscribe to our channel for quick 15 to 20 minute bi-weekly updates on restaurant openings, closings, rumors, news, and more. We are your top secret foodie hosts, O-N-G, and we're keeping our identities hidden for now or until this podcast is so huge that we can't hide it anymore. I interrupt your regularly scheduled foodie news for a breaking story. It was announced on Wednesday by 3CDC that both Royce and Pearl Star were closed immediately and permanently. There was no further information provided other than a, it's unfortunate that things didn't work out with Terry. Terry is the owner of Amaranth Hospitality Group of Nashville that owned both restaurants. The social media accounts for both have been deleted. The worst part in all of this is that most of the staffs at both locations found out that they lost their jobs from Instagram posts from the Inquirer, Cincinnati Magazine, and City Beat announcing that the restaurants were closed. Um, I gotta be honest here. While your foodies love a good responsible restaurant owner, we are not really concerned at all about some guy who swoops in from out of town and doesn't do right by his staff. The abruptness of the closures, followed by these reports of staff not being notified, immediately sent up all the red flags for us and we started reaching out to our contacts. So after speaking with staff and former staff members of both Royce and Pearl Star, who all understandably want to remain nameless, we were able to ascertain that not only was there really high turnover due to the way the owners demanded the restaurants were run, but staff had not been being paid in a timely manner more than once and have not been paid for Valentine's Day week, which was the last week they were open. And for those of you that, you know, ever go out anywhere, you don't have to work in the restaurant business to know that Valentine's Day is one of the biggest nights of the year for a restaurant. So these are some of the things that we found out. Um, some of the things we found out, there's a lot of juicy goss going around about this, but like due to potential legal liability, like I'm not going to be talking about some of that stuff. I'm certain there will be lawsuits involved. Um, but this place, you know, it sounded like they were doomed from bad ownership, but it's just such a shame the way this all went down. So what we're asking of you, our lovely listeners, is to make sure if you hear about any restaurants that are hiring that you let us know so we can share with our friends who have now lost their jobs with no notice. Um, a lot of these people left jobs at some really prominent restaurants in Cincinnati to go work for Royce and Pearl Star, and it's just, it's just not a good situation. But um, for those of you wondering you know, selfishly, like, where am I getting my oysters now that Pearl Star is gone? We have good news for you. A, go to Send by Kiki at Finley Market. Amazing surface, service and a great selection of fresh seafood. We love them. And B, we hear, here's some goss for you, that the Pearl Star location may actually be flipped quickly and have a heavy oyster focused. Um, they're kind of going to keep the concept, just, uh, just have it run better. So fingers crossed there and stay tuned for details as they emerge. And our sincerest apologies for being late this week, but we just wanted to make sure that this story got the coverage that it deserved. And back to your regularly reported podcast. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Cincinnati Foodies podcast. How was your week, O? 
It was good. It went fast. I feel like when you have a lot going on, it like zooms by. But I finally got to try out Roadie in Loveland and it was uh, amazing. I love that restaurant. Right? I know you've been there a few times yeah. and I hadn't made it out yet. And like, I didn't even order pasta. So, <laughs> right? Can you imagine? The chef, um, who's the owner, is first generation American and his family is from Liguria, which is like northern Italy. It's okay. like beach here, Alps here. Yeah. Um, and if you guys can't, you know, see me because this is a podcast, I'm moving my hands. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but, and then the na- I had to ask about the name because I didn't get the name at all. Okay. And it's so, he's Rob and she, the wife is Joe, but like Jody is her name, but she goes by Joe. She's in charge of operations. He's the chef. So it's like a combination of their names. That's where Rody comes from. Okay. Um, but so they, that area is famous for a lot of seafood. So we just went straight in with all seafood. We had the sauteed calamari. So not like the calamari you're used to getting at like any restaurant fried with cornmeal and like you dip it in marinara sauce. Like this was all sauteed with calamari olives and capers. And then we got, um, we shared the Ligurian stew, which was just insane. It's a tomato base. It has a full lobster tail in it. Salmon, shrimp, clams, mussels. Pro tip, order a separate like side of bread to dip it in the stew. Is that the one where they bring it out in the big pot and they like open it up at the table? Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh my gosh. It was so good. I cannot wait to go back. Like I, obviously I have to try their pasta, but, um, You do definitely need a reservation, and I had to park, so we got a 445 reservation. Yeah. They only, they only open at 430. Yeah. I figured I would easy get parking. Nope. I parked down at, like, the public lot by Loveland Canoe. Oh, geez. And just walked up. Yeah. The parking over there is kind of tricky. It is, but Tahona is also in the same, like, building, in the front of the building, and Rody's in the back. Yeah. So I think just the combined, um traffic it's just it's a lot but yeah it wasn't that far to walk and it's nice to like get some nice cool air after a big meal so agreed yeah so that was good how was your week jay it was good i really enjoyed the weather we had some really good weather days the last two weeks um so it's just nice to be outside like you were saying like walk after dinner and it just makes me feel like ready for spring oh i know i know are you still gushing over our dinner at me cosmo last week oh my gosh i totally am <laughs> let's get into it me cosmo is a mexican restaurant that's been taken up a notch okay maybe a couple notches <laughs> think of it as a traditional mexican restaurant but maybe someone sprinkled some magic unicorn fairy dust on it that's the vibe here right o Yes, G, totally. The vibe at the Oakley location is on another level. I know they have one in the old Tri-County Mall and one in Finneytown, too, on Winton. Um, Then they're opening one in Lebanon, actually, soon, but I don't really know when that'll be. But the Oakley one is the coolest and the newest one so far, Um, for sure. It's such a vibe. That's why we went to that one. They have all of these, like, figures, like, these big people size like characters yeah there's one outside that's got got a mustache and a sombrero very like stereotypical and then inside they have all of these um chavo del ocho 
yeah. which is like a TV show from, I don't know, like the 70s maybe even yeah. in Mexico. We used we, to watch it all the time. We should link that in the show notes because we, when you were telling me about it, yeah. I didn't even know what you were talking about. Oh, and yes. Well, I'm sure fun. people have no idea what these little like guys on the barrel are. Yeah. And it's, it's really good. Yeah, we should do that. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. I had a good time. And I'm wondering if the newest one in Lebanon, when they open it, I wonder if it's going to be even crazier. Oh, I bet. I kind of hope it is. Yeah. So let's talk about the giant cocktails. I really can't get over how satisfyingly large they are. (laughs) I really wanted to get the 24 karat gold one, but they were out of the stuff to make it. So I ended up just ordering like a regular top shelf one on the rocks. You know, like when the waiter is standing right in front of you Like, make a decision, lady. (laughs) But it was definitely out of character for me to order a boring cocktail. I know. That is hard. And it's not the waiter's fault. It's completely me when it happens. Like, I just get so much anxiety over it. But, um, I was like, I don't know. Just bring me anything. (laughs) I know. I know. I was surprised that you ordered that too. But but it's they didn't have what you wanted. So it was fine. But I got the Oasis. And then my partner got the Jaritos margarita. It has, like, an entire soda like turned upside you know how sometimes they'll put like a corona upside down yeah no this was a soda pop and you get to pick your flavor which is nice they have like tutti frutti and pina and this one he got um tamarind which is always a good classic but uh they also have this like light up firework platter thing that they bring them out on it's such a shell i really enjoyed that yeah I didn't have too much FOMO with the regular margarita because I have been here a few times Mm -hmm. and I've had some of the more wild ones, but if I had to do it all over again, I would have ordered the Flamingos margarita, Mm. which is the two story one. So it's like a champagne glass inside of a margarita glass. Whoa. And that's what I think I should have got, but maybe next time. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to note that I also really like the Queen's margarita. That's the one that's served in the Patron um bottle mm-hmm. and the crushed margarita is served in a fresh pineapple oh hello and i have a pro tip yep ask for extra dry ice in your cocktail <laughs> just, it just takes it to the next level that is a very <laughs> very good idea here's a fun fact i found out they can make any of their drinks virgin so now i want to take my kids Ooh, me too how fun um then we had the table side yeah it was okay last time we went the girl really mashed it up all the way and this time i feel like it was cut up into little pieces so i think it just depends on the employee you get and maybe we should have spoken up yeah i feel like there's a good middle like i like a really good chunky guac yeah but this was kind of like avocados in a bowl i mean the flavor was there but texturally i could see how that would be a little weird yeah but um definitely then you said we had to get the flaming fajitas so we did we did times two um we got the combination (laughs) one and we got the hot and spicy one the hot and spicy one had this carnitas that was delicious that was so good right oh my gosh and their tortillas are made in-house every day i love that i know because sometimes you go to those places and you're like am i just getting store-bought tortillas i know and they're A fresh tortilla just tastes so good. Oh, it's so, so you have to have that. Yeah, for sure. I did really like the carnitas, but I didn't love how we had to cut the meat ourselves for the combination platter. I felt like it was a lot of work to slice all that up. Like I was standing up at the table trying to cut it. (laughs) You were, but you did a really good job cutting it up. So (laughs) I didn't mind, but... uh... 
And then we got the churro cart for dessert. Oh, yes. The churro cart. Oh, my gosh. I love how they just bring it to your table and you can just dip. The whole thing was very cute. Yes. We also went to Fireside Pizza this week. Ooh, Fireside Pizza. I really just enjoy the whole vibe there. Yeah. We went to a foodie event there hosted by Dust Village, which is like a graphic content merch designer in Cincinnati. He um, links people up with creatives, which is really cool. And he's um, a really cool guy. He like, is I'm a really glad cool we got guy. to connect. I know. And I think our parents went to high school together. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so funny. I know, right? Um, so he invited us to Fireside to connect with other bloggers in our city because as you guys know, we have so many awesome foodie bloggers around here for sure. We for sure do. And I would love to get some of them on the podcast sometime. And I know some of these girls will come on to our podcast. Yeah. It was really cool of Dust Village and Fireside Pizza to host us. Let's talk about the food. Oh, the food is so drool worthy. I loved the salads and everything is so fresh. They're, the guys in the kitchen there are legit. They've been at like Nada and Soto. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Um, we tried their new specialty pizza, which is called the Pride of Palermo. Housemade pesto, spinach ricotta, parmesan. There's like a provolone, mozzarella mix, red onion. And it is finished with prosciutto and drizzled with olive oil. It was the perfect kind of like end of winter pizza, right? And that's actually a red pesto. Oh, that's I didn't know right. if we clarified that. It was a red pesto instead of a green pesto. Mm. And that just it's just something fun and different. Yeah, so, I agree. I really love their specialty pizzas. Last week they had a Camp Washington chili pizza and I was begging Sam to put it on the menu. <laughs> Wasn't that so good? It was so good. They put chili, mustard, hot sauce, and then they put the cheese and crackers on after the bake, mm-hmm. which is how it should be if you're doing a Cincinnati-style pizza, if you ask me. I agree. It should not be melted on before yeah. you put it in the oven. And you couldn't really taste the mustard. Like, if that just freaked anybody out, like, it, it made, gave it a little flavor, but if you're someone that doesn't get mustard on your conies, like, it I wasn't don't think like you have that. to be weirded out It wasn't, it. like, mustard on a coney. It was just, like... It just tasted like Cincinnati to me. Yeah. I didn't get a heavy mustard flavor. No, for sure. Mm, That one was so good. I know. I feel bad talking about it because I don't think they're serving it anymore. I know. I think that was the old special before the Palermo came in, like they're rotating it out, but hopefully they'll do it again. So what other pizzas can we get now? Because I know you were looking really in-depthly at the menu. I was going to steer people to the Eli's barbecue chicken pizza. That was good. That is another Cincinnati classic that I really loved. The pickled onions on it really sealed the deal for me on that one. Ooh, yeah. I'm all about pickled onions. I think yeah. we talked about this in the last episode. <laughs> yeah. You love, your, you love the pickled onions. That's true. Oh, and I wanted to try the red legger pizza. I liked that all the pizza, all the ingredients were red. Yeah. Um, but And they do offer a gluten-friendly crust, too. Which is nice to think of the gluten-friendly people. Yes. I always find it weird that they call it gluten-friendly because they can't say gluten-free because there's flour in the facility. So you can't keep it. Like if you're allergic, you can't have it. But um, it's actually kind of like it's the opposite. Yeah. It's like I don't don't think they say gluten-friendly, but I think people do. And it's like, no, that's like (laughs) (laughs) gluten-averse. Anyway. I ended up getting the Roebling Bridge pizza to go, Mm, right? 
I subbed the banana peppers for green peppers, and I was impressed with how the crust held up to go. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes takeout pizza gets soggy really fast. Yeah. So I was happy to report that it passed my takeout test. Oh, good. (laughs) So wait, it comes with green peppers, and you got rid of green peppers and put banana peppers, or the opposite? I added the banana peppers and got rid of the green. That's the way to do it, girl. Yeah, it is. (laughs) That's great. Well, I think they know what they're doing since the owner was a former GM at Soto. So yeah, can't go wrong there. Yeah, they. It's like sneakily really, really good. Yeah, like I wasn't expecting it. Right. It's like oh, pizza. No, it's a foodie joint because there's not even like a kitchen in there. They just have a pizza oven. Yeah, but they're just making ridiculously good pizzas. Yeah, and I thought the chef salad was really good too with the egg on it. Yeah, the salads were really good for sure. Okay, let's talk about openings for this week. Can we talk about how I accidentally became the first customer at a new pizza place that (laughs) isn't open yet because I'm a nosy foodie blogger (laughs) and, well, someone has to do it. No, you know what? Let's save that for next week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a good story. And, yeah, let's save it. Yes, because, you know, they're not open yet. (laughs) So, um. Firehouse Grill and Brewery in Blue Ash is announcing that they have a new brewmaster and they're hosting a multi-day grand reopening February 14th to 18th. And the new brewmaster, Kurt, I'm going to butcher this. I'm sorry, Kurt. Kurt Hilgfort? Hilgfort? (laughs) I'm sorry. That's good enough. Kurt Hilgfort is supposed to be hanging around. So at the multi-day event yeah so if you are wanting to you know if you're a beer person and you want to talk to a brewmaster you should pop in and check it out they should also during that event be having live music and food specials um i love some live music i do too you know i haven't ever been there because everyone i know that's been there doesn't like it but maybe a refresh will help i i'll tell you what though the parking lot is always packed yeah yeah i mean the location's convenient if you're working in blue ash so yeah i've done some uh corporate events there oh okay all right networking meetings and things like that yeah that makes sense soul secrets open an event space i saw some of the other foodie bloggers were there and it looked really cute kind of like a baby shower style place wouldn't you say um, I think you could do a lot with it. Yeah, it's 2,200 square feet. And the only catch is that you can't bring outside food. All the catering services have to be provided by them. And there's a 20% service charge, which is pretty standard. Yeah, these it's days. pretty standard. Um, there is a really great story as to why she opened up the business on their website. And you should definitely go check it out um, because it's really touching. And I'm not about to cry on this podcast <laughs> today talking about it. Yes, so no crying aloud. No, but we will have the link in the show notes so that you can go check it out. Yeah, you guys, you guys should uh, read the About Me page on this place. It's a really nice story. Agreed. Atrium Food Market is a place that opened last month, but we haven't covered it yet. Oh, I haven't even heard of it until you told me about it this week. Um, Tell me what it is. So Atrium Market is like a breakfast, lunch style place downtown with dine-in and on-the-go style food. Hmm. They serve breakfast between 7 and 10.30 and lunch between 10.30 and 2.00. A fun fact is that it's connected to the Skywalk downtown, so if you work in the atrium building or any of the nearby offices, 
this will be super convenient for you. Oh, yeah. I love that about downtown. I think it's just a cool little Cincinnati thing. Like some other yeah. cities have it, but it's not very – like you don't see it a lot. Yeah. And, I mean, if you have to run around on your lunch break or whatever and it's raining, like, yes, please. I'm all about a skywalk. I love our skywalks. <laughs> right? Yes. Um, I, it looks like there's some decent, decent options on the menu. And I love that places when they have menu items that'll like fit into my 30 day detoxes that I do usually once a year. Um, I want to try their leaf and grain bowls. They look delicious. Oh yeah. They have the, the healthy bowls there. Yeah. I love that. So, um, I was walking around in Walnut Hills the other day <laughs> as one does yes. like in the dark, in the rain. And I happened on a corner storefront with decals for hoity toity donuts. It looks like they've been trying to open for a long time. Their last post on Facebook was like June of last year. And their last IG post was 35 weeks ago and I can't really find any info. So you guys, um, you can sign up on their website to receive emails for, and free donuts for when they open an info. Sort of, I'm going to do that for we, sure. Yeah, but, we, um, we did sign up and didn't, ha we haven't heard anything. Yet. Okay. So we'll keep you updated there, but if you guys know anything about it, I know that our listeners have a lot of insight on the foodie scene too then I want you to DM us on Instagram and let us know so we yeah. can find out when we need new donuts. <laughs> this summer, there's going to be a place opening called Fable Brew Works in Erlanger. Hmm. It's going to be all Lord of the Rings themed. Shut <laughs> up. They plan to have things like mead and honey wine available, which I absolutely love. Yeah. I love me some mead. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have a bunch of draft beers. The entrance is going to be styled after cottages and shops in Old Town Square, which stretches out into a mythical forest toward the end of the tap room, which will incorporate the bar. Hmm. They were quoted as saying, we've got a couple of gamers and people who are into Dungeons and Dragons and fantasy novels like Lord of the Rings. We're taking the love for that and making it part of the destination. Craft beers will be able to tell that story. Okay, that is so cool. I know. We're a big Lord of the Rings family. We do like a marathon of Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit like probably twice a year. Yeah. Oh, and I know fun. this place isn't like open yet. Yeah. But it's one of the coolest things that I've seen in a while and I just thought we should mention it. Yes, for sure. So keep a look out for that coming this summer. Um. So, gee, tell us about closings this week hopefully there are not very many <laughs> well mike sells is officially closed no yes after a 113 year run that's crazy it's just crazy and of course i'm really sad because you know i love the mike sells cheese girls <laughs> i know i did buy some mike sells chips at the store this week they were super low in stock i could only get like the ruffly groovy smoked bacon ones. Um, <laughs> it's like the most random flavor. <laughs> it was the most random flavor. I legit don't think I've ever even had it before, but at least we can have our last taste together. Should, should we try one? Mm. That just totally takes me back. Oh, that's good. I Sorry. just, I like. I have to have a second one. I like how they're not like. Hard, super hard like kettle chips. I know. Kettle chips like rip apart the top of my mouth. Same. They're super salty. Mm, yes to the smoked bacon. These are actually really good. Right? Alright. Well, well hopefully someone buys those. them out. But I mean, Yeah, maybe they will. 
It's been a bad couple years for lovers of local potato chip brands. In January of 2021, Pennsylvania-based Utz Brands announced that it was discontinuing the Hussman Snack Food brand, which was born in Cincinnati in 1919. Um, how did I miss that? I don't know. It's been like two years. I know. I missed it too. <laughs> we literally looked it up because I thought they were still at the store. Yeah, I did too. I didn't even notice that they were gone. Oh my goodness. But here's a fun fact. So Utz brand also carries Snyder's pretzels yes. and Zapp's chips. Yes. And Zapp's chips is like the Creole kind of flair mm, kettle chips. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So okay. they have yeah. those. I mean, and they definitely, I've seen a bigger presence of Utz like at Kroger. So I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what else do we got? So Gala Park announced that they are closing. It looks like they had their last big party on Super Bowl Sunday and Mm -hmm. shut their doors the next morning for good. Um, All I can say about Gala Park is that one, the one time I went, I ordered a really cool cocktail. It was before the new kids on the block concert and it was supposed to have this like cool bubble on top and all this like smoky business and, and it didn't. Oh. And it wasn't even that good. And it was like $15. That's a letdown. And then they put small ice in my friend's bourbon. So it was sad. (laughs) I think she got an old fashioned and it was like in the wrong glass. And it was like this, it was this big. I'm doing it again. It was so tiny. It was a letdown. And I feel like whenever I'm like surfing around open table for a last minute reservation somewhere, there's always tons of spots open at Gala Park, which yeah. I feel like is not a good sign. <laughs> yeah. In events this week, we have Foodie Fight 513. Hmm. Two high profile Cincinnati chefs are taking over the local culinary industry's largest event. Chefs Kayla Robinson and Christian Gill have taken over Foodie Fight 513 a local cooking competition and gathering that brings together Cincinnati's culinary industry. They will host the event on February 20th at TQL Stadium. Now, this is kind of like a local version of Chopped. Like on oh, food on the Network. Food Network? Okay. Yeah. The tickets are sold out, but I think I remember reading that they have reserved 100 tickets for walk-ins, so you can try your luck there. It's being hosted in the MedPace Tunnel Club, so that should be pretty cool with a view of the pitch. Oh, that'll be cool. Yeah, because it's pretty limited, um, a limited space. It's not like it's like the whole big giant stadium. I thought or it was the whole stadium. Oh, I think it's too cold for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then on February 23rd, Cincinnati Magazine is hosting breakfast for dinner at the Cincinnati Club. I still want to go there. Yeah. Um, it's sold out, but there is a wait list that you can sign up for. And I have seen some Instagram giveaways for tickets as well. So check that out and support some of our local creators that are giving away some tickets and maybe you'll win. And that same night, there are actually two cocktail making classes that we found out about. One is going to be at Fueled Collective and then the other one is at the Summit Hotel in Madisonville. So they both sound really Cool. That would be fun to like follow up Valentine's Day if you didn't celebrate, you know? Yeah, that would be a good like, little date night or something yeah. or girlfriend time. Sounds good. And there's a really cool cooking class at the Welcome Project on the 25th with Chef Rose Che. She is teaching guests how to make Cameroon rice beef stew, which used to be reserved for the privileged only back in the 60s in Cameroon. That's pretty cool. And we'll put anything we have links for for these things that you could for to buy the tickets. We'll make sure those are in the show notes for you. Yep. Awesome. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode. So we'll be back in two weeks 
for the next episode of Cincinnati Foodies. And I it'll be March. Like, it'll how is March. that possible? Yeah. I'm ready for it. Yeah. I'm just I'm like, ready for warmer weather. Give me spring. All right. Bye, guys. See you later. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cincinnati Foodies. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and follow us on Instagram. If you have any news, restaurants to check out, or you would like to be featured, you can email us at CincinnatiFoodies513 at gmail.com or slide into those DMs at Cincinnati Foodies on Instagram.